Hey everybody, welcome again to F This Movie, the official podcast of FThisMovie.com. Movie love for movie lovers. My name is Patrick Bromley, and I'm very excited for this week's very special June-sploitation episode. Today is Empire Pictures Day, and so naturally I have to have on someone who loves Empire Pictures as much as I do. She's one of my very favorite people. Please welcome back to the show, Stephanie Crawford. Hello. Hello. I feel like a fraud, though, because just before we start recording, you're flipping through a book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I came, I came prepared with research. But I don't have that book. It's I feel a pretty, like a fraud now. It's Should a pretty I go? good book. Um, hold on. I'm going to share my screen and just flip the pages for you. And if you can read real fast, we can still Slower. get this in on time. Damn it, damn it. Oh, that's pretty trying, good. All right. get this in on time here. Um oh. Stephanie, you know, our listeners have heard you on the show several times, and they've read your stuff at our site. And uh, the smarter listeners have also heard you on the Screamcast regularly. They've heard you on Splathouse regularly. But did you know that now they can uh, read a regular column of yours at Dread Central? I didn't know that. See, Tell and me more. This was not how I wanted you to find out, but I felt like someone needed to break the news. Uh, yeah, Oof. it turns out Stephanie Crawford is writing recaps of all of Tales from the Crypt and talking about all of the different connections that everyone involved with every episode has to other horror films. And uh, she's working in all kinds of Crypt Keeper style puns which I have no flair for, so I am a great admirer of, your, uh, of her ability to do that. Um, you, really, you really should check it out because it has your name on it, and if it's not you, it's some really talented impersonator. <laughs> Sounds a little hacky, but I'll give it a try. <laughs> anyway, that's cool. I just wanted to uh, plug that because I've been enjoying reading those a great deal. Aw, thank you so much. And I hope people also take the time to check out your <laughs> column at Bloody Disgusting, covering no. the Masters of Horse. Well, yeah, it's been no. delightful. Thank you. And much more intelligently written. So, um, No, no, not the case. I'm sorry to say. Happy Junesploitation, Stephanie. Um, Happy Junesploitation! How is it going? Second. Yeah, this is your second one. And uh, and the first Junesploitation was your first podcast when we talked about video yes. nasties and don't go in the house <laughs> and then we ended up talking a lot about code red right of course <laughs> which love you i feel love like <laughs> i feel like as we're recording now i feel like code red is sort of literally code redding it's the sword above us but in an angelic way <laughs> beautifully just, yeah yeah uh yeah i just feel like the days are numbered and that uh they're 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 being taken over by outside forces but we will see uh but yes we love you code red we love you bill how is your june exploitation going so far it is going pretty well i've been a little busy so i haven't been able to dive quite as deep and obscurely as i want to because i really want to impress all you cool kids <laughs> it never works out for me but i i have been having fun I've had some rewatches, some new things. Um, I'm, we're talking about this a little bit. Um, I'm a big fan of the Frankie and Annette movies. Mm -hmm. So for the Cars theme today, I watched uh, Fireball 500. Nice. Which is Frankie and Annette. And Thunder Alley, which is Fabian and Annette. Yeah. 
Kind of an imposter. Kind of, but I like them. And they didn't even, uh, Frankie and Annette didn't even end up together in Fireball 500. So it, I was a little confused. I'm looking forward to Beach Day tomorrow. That's <laughs> so just going to set everything so right. you can write that wrong. Do you have a particular favorite uh, beach party movie? I'm going to say no. Okay. Because I, every summer I, I watch all those American International beach movies yeah. together. And they kind of just blend into this wonderful montage where occasionally Buster Keaton shows up. Mm-hmm. Occasionally there's a Vincent Price. And so it's my favorite is when they're all together. So I have like six and a half hours of one unending beach party movie. Nice. Yes. But also that's a lie. It's back to the beach. That's your favorite one? Yeah, probably. Okay. All right. Weirdly enough, I haven't seen that in a long time. Like I've watched all of the Beach Party movies a bunch of times and haven't like gone back and rewatched back, back to the Beach, which I should totally do. You should. Yeah, I I would rent it obsessively as a kid. I hunted down the DVD last year and I'm really happy to say it holds up like crazy, maybe even better cuz I caught a bunch of jokes I didn't catch when I was like 7. Yeah. Um, by the time this podcast comes out, there will be a piece up at fthismovie.com by JB uh, making a case that Bikini Beach is the best of the Beach Party movies. Because yeah, he scooped me. He's a, he's a big fan of Frankie Avalon's dual performance as Frankie and Potato Bug. Potato Bug. <laughs> I am a... Right. As good British accent as I'm doing now, I'll <laughs> Yours might be... Slightly better. I'm still a fan of the original Beach Party because mm-hmm. I love just all the stuff with Robert Cummings and like his ridiculous swimwear and his ridiculous beard. <laughs> his whole thing with oh, Dorothy that's... Malone. I love I I just love all that. Monkey suits. Those are usually very strong. Yeah. 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 But they're all good. 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 Listen, they're all good. Um okay, so uh anything else good that you've been watching during June's Exploitation? Oh, well, I have to do a quick mention for my Italian horror choice, which is a giallo, uh, Seven Bloodstained Orchids. What did you think of that? Oh, I liked it. Um, It's firmly in the middle of the gialli I've seen. It It didn't, like, amazingly stand out. And it certainly wasn't terrible. Um, And it's lensy, so I... Uh, give it a few extra points <laughs> going in. It's not fair, but it happened. Uh, yeah, it. if you're a fan of the genre, you'll enjoy it. If you're new to the genre, don't start with it. Make it your 12th. Make it your 12th one in. The 12th, 12th seems good. Um, I watched it a few months ago for the first time. I'd never seen it. Uh, Mike came Pat- over and we were doing like uh, an Italian horror night because he was starting to Ooh. get into it. And so we watched that because I was like, well, I've never seen this and it just came out. Let's watch this. And I think it was shortly after Lindsay had passed away. And I had the exact same reaction. I was like, this is okay. I Part of it is because like we were sometimes having conversation, but there were multiple points where we turned to each other and were just like can you follow exactly what's going on here? And I don't think either one of us was totally sure uh, exactly what the plot was. Uh, I just have to mention, though, do you know why I brought that one up? Because it's available from Code Red. It's available from Code Red (laughs) right now. There's your Code Red plug. Uh, Anything else good that you've seen or rewatched? Code Red? Or just in general? Uh. No. No. 
Yeah, but. Yeah, but no. I've rambled enough. Yeah, no, that's fine. That's totally fine. I <laughs> I'm have, not being towed right anymore. So. I have, uh, well, I have one that I will talk about from one of your very favorite labels, which <gasps> you guys cover often on the Screamcast, uh, and that is Vinegar Syndrome. Yay. Recently had their halfway to Black Friday sale. And they released two new exclusives. Uh, one was Deadly Daphne's Revenge, which I don't fully endorse. And uh, if you're curious about that one, you can check it out on Amazon Prime. The quality is not great, as is so often the case with stuff that's streaming on Amazon Prime. I love that they have such a crazy selection of these movies. I mean, there's so much stuff, but most oh, yeah. of it is like bad VHS dubs. Yeah, but they also have a lot of Code Red titles. They have you do. noticed? You know what? I have noticed because there are times where I'm such a lazy son of a bitch that I will press play on a Code Red title that I own so that I don't have to go get it. <laughs> I actually refuse to do that. You, no matter how lazy I am, if I own it on disc, I will not stream it. That's good. That's A, and, because the quality is better, and, and B, because... like that. No, it's good. You're getting use out of your disc. You're justifying that purchase, and the quality is better. Thanks um, for backing me up, man. Yeah, listen, I got you. Uh, so the the film, the other film that they released is a 1974 movie called Pets, which apparently, uh, to bring it back around, used to be with Code Red. <laughs> they uh, released the original DVD that was out of print. People had been pressuring Bill to put it out on Blu-ray, and instead the rights were snapped up by Vinegar Syndrome, which is not the first time that this has happened. I'm kind of happy about it because I think Vinegar Syndrome does like a better job than anyone restoring these movies. Um, and Pets is a pretty wild movie. Uh, Candace Rylson, I want to say, is her name. Uh, stars as just sort of a girl who is floating around from person to person. Whoever can give her you know, a place to stay for the night or to live for six months. Um, until she finds the next best offer. And then, of course, the movie goes to somewhere crazy in like the last half hour. And I didn't realize when I pressed play that I have basically seen every single Candace Rylson movie ever made because she's in Summer School Teachers. She's in Moonshine County Express. She's in Stunts. She's in Mama's Dirty Girls. She's in Hollywood Boulevard. She's like the main girl in Hollywood Boulevard. Um and she's so you're in, now our greatest living scholar. I guess I might be. She's also the lead in Chatterbox. Have you seen Chatterbox? I have not seen Chatterbox. But you're familiar with Chatterbox. Uh, I'm familiar insofar as that you just introduced me oh, to the okay. concept of Chatterbox. I wasn't sure if you had seen the trailer. I feel like if you had seen the trailer, you would never forget Chatterbox. Chatterbox is the movie where a woman's vagina begins to talk. Uh, it is literally. Oh, I've heard of that. <laughs> is it kind of okay? Is it kind of satanic talking? Is it like no, like telling people off kind of talking? No, it's more oh. like, hey, get a load of this guy over here. I'm a vagina. Like, okay, it's more, yeah, I've heard, I've heard of it. You're more right. of a sassy vagina, really. <laughs> <laughs> How have I not seen a sassy talking vagina? Right. Movie? Listen, um, this is why I'm here to get the real <laughs> scoop on real cinema. Thank you. <laughs> But Pets is good. I liked Pets. It's fun. Um, people should check it out. It did not sell out immediately, so <clears throat> people yeah, can. Yeah, it's still there. They both can, are yeah. as of right now. I, I One I would buy, the other I would maybe not. And then uh, I – oh, go ahead. Oh, no. I just hope other labels sells more than 300. <laughs> That's all I was going to say. 
the joke for like the two other people that follow Code Red like we do. Whatever. Hoarders is Fleabay. Um, So the other movie that I watched was hopefully in preparation for this show. And then it ended up not making the cut. Uh, Yesterday, the day that we're recording this, uh, we're recording this on Monday. Yesterday was Westerns Day. And I had planned to watch a spaghetti Western or, you know, something that a little more in keeping with the spirit of the month. But I wanted to revisit a movie that I thought might make my list for this week's show. So I rewatched uh, Ghost Town from 1988. Have you seen it? I love that poster. I do too. And I I want to love the movie. My memory was that I loved it more. And then rewatching it last night. um, And I love Empire. So... I'm not, I'm not getting too far ahead of myself, but there's a, there's a consistent issue I would say with empire, which is great concept, great title, great poster, great moments stretched out to, you know, we're talking like 30 minutes of greatness stretched out to 90 minutes in many, many cases. Um, Mm -hmm. There are other movies that fall under this exact same category, some which will come up later on the show, where it's like, oh, man, if only the movie could be as good as these five scenes, this would be like an all-timer. Um, so Ghost Town has really fun stuff in it, but it also has like a lot of time where nothing is happening. Um, great poster. Was hoping that I was going to completely fall in love with it and include it on my list uh, tonight, but it's not happening. Oh, so maybe I should just keep the poster and my own imagination. Uh, yeah, I would. And not actually watch it. By the way, when you say great poster, <clears throat> you're speaking of Ricky Gervais sitting on a park bench uh, next to, who is that, Taya Leone, who's in Ghost Town? Probably. Do you know the movie that, I'm talking that about? That feels right. The I other do. Ghost Town? I do. I think yeah. I actually rented it back in the day. I saw it in theaters, so... Which is the way it was meant to be seen. I don't know if you know this, but if you didn't see it on the big screen, I don't feel like you got the full Ghost Town experience. That makes me feel better about how I felt about that movie then. <laughs> um, all right. So let's talk about Empire Pictures, of which both you and I are great big fans. Um, I, I can't remember if it's a chicken and egg scenario because I can't remember if I chose an Empire Day specifically so that you and I could talk about Empire movies or if as soon as I chose Empire I knew that you and I should talk about Empire movies it doesn't matter you and Empire it's all rolled up together into one great big exploitation celebration um, so we talked about doing this and then there was like five seconds where we wondered okay should we also talk about Full Moon and then immediately decided like no no we could get another show out of that. So we will not be going into full moon. This is only Empire Pictures. And for those of you who are not aware, this was the uh, film studio that Charles Band ran during the 1980s um, prior to his time with Full Moon. They released a bunch of movies that you are familiar with and hopefully love, and then a bunch of movies that you may be less familiar with. At one point, I believe they were shooting all their movies at a castle in Italy that Charles Band bought. Um, I love the castle era. Right? And then there was a castle. There was another castle in, oh gosh, somewhere in Eastern Europe during the Uga? full moon. Uh, during the full moon 
uh, period. There was another, there was an, a second castle. I just love that. That's Charles Band's business model. Well, last time I bought a castle and we shot there. Let's do that again. <laughs> I think it was in Romania. I want to say it was Romania. Cause I know yeah, it was, maybe. It was a big deal that like subspecies shot there. That was like the first movie to shoot in Romania, right? Uh, you're, you're my fact checker here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I turn to you uh, for accuracy. So we thought it would be fun to talk uh, about our five favorite Empire movies. Um, once again, in the spirit of trying to talk about more movies rather than fewer, I have tried to choose five movies that I don't think will be on Stephanie's list. And if they are, I'll just have to sort of call an audible and name Scramble. something else. Yeah, exactly. See, we're talking <laughs> sports. Listen to us. Uh, so I'm going to let you go first and name uh, your your. You can rank them. You can count down five to one. You can just name five, however you want to do it. Yeah, I'm I'm not good at ranking, All so right. that's not going to happen. Okay. I just want to point out that we did uh, have a caveat. Oh, that's right. Yes, and that's very important to point out. Otherwise, we might seem a little insane. <laughs> <laughs> and that caveat was uh, no Stuart Gordon H.P. Lovecraft movies. Right. Because then we're just making a list of our three favorite Empire movies. <laughs> because obviously, Reanimator and From Beyond would make both of our lists because arguably those are the two best Empire movies. Um so we thought, let's discount those. Obviously, those are in the top. We love them. They're great. Uh, let's talk about other movies. Yes. Um, now, Patrick is the real deal, and he said, no, Stuart Gordon. And I said, uh-uh, because <laughs> I have to have the dolls. From nice. Seven. Nice. Good. Um, yeah, this is. Dolls is a big movie, I think, because uh, later on, Puppet Master and Demonic Toys. Wait a second. And... Did someone just shine my signal? <laughs> <laughs> and on and on. Mm -hmm. And they yeah. told a friend and they told a friend. <laughs> Lots, Lots of dolls running around yeah. everywhere. Dangerous Worry Dolls is one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Not for real. That's the title of a movie. I, there are so many. I, I have it. You have Dangerous Possessed Worry Dolls? Ameri of course I do. Oh, my gosh. Um, uh, Possessed American Girl Dolls. That was a really good one. Uh, <laughs> that was... Th that was. I, that was I could tell you're actually a little offended that I just made one up. I'm not. I'm not That's offended at all. That's how true blue this kid is. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Dolls is a great pick. Uh, yeah, no, it begins on a dark and stormy night where a bickering couple arrives at a spooky looking mansion and uh, we have a group of like uh, kind of British punk rock girls <laughs> and kind of a nice fuddy-duddy guy and it seems to be run by a nice elderly couple. But of course, you don't arrive to a mansion in the middle of a stormy night if there's not something afoot. In this case, there's a lot of tiny afoots. <laughs> um, so I I just love everything about this one. I love the atmosphere. I love that there's like a weird giant toy bear attack early yeah, on. Is. Which really sets the mood. Uh, I think the effects with the dolls was 
the first time I saw it, I, I think I genuinely gasped. Yeah, no, they're terrific. Um, the, the bear attack that you mentioned, you know, it's the little girl stuffed bear. And obviously, I, you know, the scene sort of reminds me of a similar scene in Poltergeist with the tree. And that's kind of funny because I'm almost positive that little, the little girl in dolls is just the kid from Poltergeist in a wig. The little boy in the <laughs> Tell me they wig? don't look exactly alike. <gasps> oh my God, you just blew my mind. <laughs> they look exactly alike. Wow. Yeah. Do yeah. we know if they're related? I Because don't a know. lot of child actors are like related to each other. I think it's a real, I, I think it's a total Glenn Glenda situation. Oh my, I feel like we're going to uncover a lot of shit this episode. <laughs> can I curse on here? I'm sorry. Of course you can. Um, all right. So, Carrie Lorraine played that part. Uh, she does have a small part in Poltergeist 2. No. Nope. But the boy's not in Poltergeist 2, right? No, yeah, he is. Oliver Yeah, Robbins. yeah. That's yeah, he that is. crazy Oliver. braces scene. I was confusing Poltergeist 2 with Poltergeist 3 already. Like he doesn't get to the no, he doesn't get to the, the hotel the apartment building in Chicago. Um, they don't have the same last name, but is it possible that they took stage names? Sure. Is it possible yep. that uh, Oliver <laughs> Robbins put on a wig so that he could get a part in Dolls? Yeah, of course it's possible. I've seen plenty of '80s comedies where characters do exactly that. Possible or probable? Yeah, I'll leave it to you. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, <laughs> this, all this aside, um, the characters are fun. It, it's really short. It's like bang, bang, bang. Um, it has a little bit of laughter. It's genuinely creepy. Um, I, I just think everything comes together for dolls. Uh, so I, I'm sorry I chose a Stuart Gordon. No, I'm glad you did. I, I think this movie should be represented. And, and honestly, the reason that I said I wouldn't choose any Stuart Gordon was just because I assumed that you would choose Dolls. So I was like, okay, well, it's still going to be represented. Um, I came very close to still choosing a Stuart Gordon, but I opted not to. But he does have one more movie during the Empire period that I really love. Um, I have talked about this on the site before because I wrote a thing about Dolls years ago. I screwed up the first time I saw Dolls because I saw Dolls... Um, I don't, it was probably eight years ago at this point for the first time. I'd never seen it. And I knew reanimator and from beyond sort of by heart. So I sat down to watch this other Stuart Gordon movie and well, it's not those movies. And I was like sort of thrown by it. And I remember a scene where little toy soldiers shoot one of the characters. That's, that's the, yeah. that's, that's the inventive kill. I was like, well, that's just lazy. They just pick up tiny guns and shoot her. Um, and so I was real dismissive of dolls and then maybe two or three years later, I went back and revisited it and it was like, I had seen an entirely different movie. I was like, Oh, I screwed up. I missed the boat with dolls because dolls is terrific. Dolls is this weird, dark little fantasy. That's like part nightmare children's movie and part, uh, really great, creepy Gothic horror movie. And I don't know why I screwed up so badly the first time I watched it, but I'm glad that I did revisit it and come around on it. That's because you're a dude and you made assumptions about dolls. Listen. It's fine. I don't want people to know I like dolls. The movie or the dolls. 
<laughs> you just talk about full moon all the time. Right? Shh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um, those are puppets. Those aren't dolls. There's a difference. By the way, well, are they puppets? I mean, I guess they are, but like, they're basically dolls, right? Yeah. Well, until you get to the merchandising sector, but right. if we get into that, we'll be here all night. So how about, what's your first choice? <laughs> My <laughs> first choice is a, a movie called Zone Troopers. Uh-huh. Are you familiar with Zone Troopers? I'm not. Okay. So Zone Troopers is from 1985. And it stars the great Tim Thomerson. <gasps> it is d- written and directed by Danny Bilson, who was one of the writers, I believe, on the original Trancers. Um, and then went on to like write The Rocketeer and some other cool stuff. But yeah, so he wrote and directed this movie, Zone Troopers. Art LaFleur is in it. Um, somebody else good. Well, Van Patten, Timothy Van Patten. All right, I take back somebody good. But uh, there's another actor in it. Um, so Zone Troopers takes place during World War II. Tim Thomerson is like this great cigar-chomping, grizzled sergeant. And an alien comes down in the middle of World War II. And these American soldiers find it and are essentially trying to get it back on its ship and send it back home. So it's sort of like E.T. in the middle of World War II, all filtered through the Empire Pictures lens. And it's super fun. Uh, It's not a horror movie. You know, it's just one of their weird hybrid part action, part science fiction, almost part comedy because it's goofy and it knows that it's goofy. It kind of leans into it. I mean, if you just watch Tim Thomerson's performance, you know that it's goofy. Um, But it's really, really fun. And just like you said with dolls and which can be said, I think, of almost every Empire movie and every full moon movie, it's short. These movies come in, they do their job, and they get out in about 80 minutes. (laughs) Yeah, that's actually one of my favorite things about Empire Pictures. Not the shortness. You know, that's (laughs) nice. But uh, how they'll mix genres so much. And this sounds wonderful. I'm actually a little mad about not having seen it. I believe it is currently available to stream on Amazon Prime. Okay, there is and a, I'm a, sure it's on their service. Right? Yeah, um, no, because they don't have most what? of the full moon. They don't have most of the Empire movies. Oh, yeah, okay, I can see that. There's a Blu-ray from Kino Lorber, um, but I'm 95% sure you can watch it on Amazon Prime tonight. Wow, Patrick doesn't support physical media, folks. You heard <laughs> it here first. I announced that there was a Blu-ray available. I thought Brian Sauer would be so proud. I even named the <laughs> label. You even said Laura Burr. Most people just say Kino. Yeah. All right. I'll take it back. Um, it also has a great poster. It's like the I want you to join the army poster, except it's the lizard looking alien saying I want you to join the army. It's a terrific poster. Yeah, I'm looking at it and it's not available for streaming. What? This is uh, really ruining everything in my life. And I'm sorry. <laughs> Show canceled. It's free somewhere. Hold on. I'm going to find it. Um, no, 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 we'll figure it out. I, because I swear I just recommended it in uh, in my streaming column, and I think I said, like, hey, you can watch Zone Troopers here. And Is it Netflix? Else? I'm looking at it right now. It says included with your Prime membership. What's going on here? Really? Yeah. I pulled it up. It's It's giving me the option of watching now. Okay, but it's just me then. 
Everybody who's not me, you are in luck. <laughs> We're going to figure this out. We'll figure it out after the show, though, so that people don't have to listen to us navigate yeah, Amazon edit Prime. This out. <laughs> but we're going to figure this out so that you can see Zone Troopers because I think, I think you would dig it. Um, what is next on your list? Well, I'll follow that uh, because I'm ashamed for not having seen Zone Troopers. No shame here. No shame. Uh, nope. Shame. <laughs> Trancers. I love Trancers, which also stars Tim Thomerson yeah, and was written, co-written by Danny Bilson. There's a real uh, keeping in the family thing with Empire, which I love. There is. And I I own the first three Trancers on Blu-ray, and they all have those great video zones as special features. And I love those so much. And it, it just, Tim's always there, like, putting his arm around people, like, yeah, we're back at it again. <laughs> and for some reason, that makes me enjoy them even more. Um. But yeah, this is uh, one of my favorite subgenres, which is secret Christmas movies. Yes. You'll never know it from the cover, <laughs> but you find <laughs> out it is the Christmas movie. Um, so uh, there's kind of a old school detective, even though he's from the 23rd century. Um, and like his big nemesis ends up traveling back to the 1980s. So he um, goes there. Well, Man, he doesn't. I, he doesn't physically travel. That's sort right, of the, okay. that's sort of the cool thing about. It's like his consciousness jumps into one of his predecessors, right? Uh, like somebody else from his, his bloodline. Family. Yeah. 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 Like um, his superior ends up in the body of a little girl. Right. <laughs> so you have like a foul mouthed little girl. McNulty, <laughs> right? Yeah. Isn't it? Isn't McNulty Art Lafleur, star of Zone Troopers? Why do you gotta bring the Zone Trooper thing? I'm up sorry. Again? I just I thought, and it is okay. But, okay. <laughs> so again, there's just there's a lot of connections between uh, Trancers and Zone Troopers. Oh, and it also has one of my favorite opening scenes of all time. I don't want to spoil it, but it takes place in a cafe, and it it sets you up for the unexpected right away. It's pretty awesome. It's it's like uh, they saw Blade Runner and they saw the Terminator and they said, well, let's just do that. And so they combined them into this really cool... And made it better. Yeah, this little cool, funky... Helen Hunt plays a punk and Tim Thomerson yeah. is like this cartoon of a film noir detective <laughs> named Jack Death. I mean, everything about it is... This is one of those movies where I feel like... You know, similar to Reanimator and possibly From Beyond. Like, I think you and I are fans and students of Empire Pictures. And so we're willing to go with the deeper cuts and we're willing to overlook some of perhaps the shortcomings uh, that these movies sometimes carry. But Reanimator, From Beyond, and I would argue Trancers. That's a, these are movies that I think you could show to anyone, even somebody who just doesn't know or doesn't care about Empire Pictures. No, I've done it, and I can tell you, Trancers absolutely goes over. It's a crowd pleaser. Yeah, it's just a cool movie. And I think uh, Young Helen Hunt does help that. And I think it's so cool she made it all the way to Trancers 3. Was she in a little bit of Trancers 4? No, I don't think so. No. But she made it all the way to 3. Yeah, yeah. Thelma Ritter stuck with it, I think, through 3. Um Three is the one that takes place in space, right? Uh, yeah, okay. yeah. He has to travel back with his 
first wife, she's like, oh, it didn't go well. And right. God, I'm really good at recapping. <laughs> no, it's okay. Yeah, his first wife uh, <laughs> is played by Megan Ward, and she shows up in two. All of the sequels were made during the, the full moon run. Uh, Transfers is the only one that came out during the Empire run. Mm-hmm. And it's one of the only Empire movies for which Charles Band seems to have retained the full rights. So that shows up on Full Moon streaming, and it's out on Blu-ray from Full Moon, even though it's technically an Empire movie. Yeah, I think you can even watch the version of Elvira hosting it on Amazon. Oh, very nice. Where you can also watch Zone Troopers, I think. Unless you're me. <laughs> Unless for some reason you're being blocked. And most people aren't me, so that's cool. <laughs> so uh, do you have another one before I start weeping? I do have another one. Uh, and I don't think it will be a surprise to most of the people who've listened to me talk on this show over the years. Um, and it is a movie from, I want to say 1986. And it's a little movie called vicious lips, uh, directed by my boy, Albert Pyun, who, uh, really only made this movie with empire and then made, uh, one movie with full moon, which is arcade. Um, but vicious lips, you have not seen. Mm-mm. Okay. Um, my Brian Sauer moment. It's available on a really nice Blu-ray from Screen Factory. <laughs> uh, By the way, I went a little more broad because I knew you would do this. I knew you'd go a little deeper. <laughs> but I, I kind of anticipated, so I felt like all of our bases would be covered if we did this. Um, I'm actually really excited that Screen Factory put out Vicious Lips. Vicious Lips, I think, is is it's the only Empire movie for which I have an original one sheet. Um, the star is a, a woman named Drew Ann Perry. She only ever made this movie and no other movie. It is about a girl band that has to play a gig in outer space. And uh, on the <laughs> I way... I love your list! You, you, I'm, I, I, seriously. I'm literally going to watch all these tomorrow. You, This one, again, <laughs> says that it's on Amazon Prime, that it's streamable on Amazon Prime. I'm looking at it right now. It claims that it is. I don't know what you okay. are saying. Please continue talking about the movie, and I'm going to check and see that it's hilariously not available. <laughs> I really think I knew that when I put this on my list and I was talking about it, if you hadn't seen it, I knew that this is a movie that like you would really love. Just between the girl band and the songs and the way that they are styled and some of the so, – so they get stranded in outer space. Their ship breaks down, and then a monster is trying to attack them. But it's not really a horror movie. Again, it's not one of anything. It's part science fiction. It's part musical. It's part comedy. There's horror elements, but it's never really scary. Um, it was not available for the longest time. Like, it wasn't even out on – dvd and then finally shout factory put it out as part of like one of those four pack discs so i was excited so i bought that and then within you know a year they put it out by itself on blu-ray so now you can have vicious lips on blu-ray which is great because again for the longest time it wasn't available i had to i I like recorded it on a dvr off of mgm hd once and then i couldn't get rid of that dvr because it was the only thing that had my copy of vicious lips on it uh but i just think it's a really really fun movie that i hope you enjoy um well the tagline is they're lost and loose in outer space so i'm in although i'm a little horrified that has a two and a half star rating on amazon Hey, and it's what a Patrick Bromley favorite. What do they know? What does Amazon know? I don't Amazon know they have know? the gall to do that. 
What does Amazon know? They sing a song called Lunar well, Madness. Um, I'm sorry. Can we just end the show so I can watch <laughs> this right now? <laughs> You're going to be singing Lunar Madness all day tomorrow, and I am here for it. He's going to block me. All right. That sounds great. <laughs> what is your next pick? Well, I'm going to take a little turn Ooh. from what sounds like an incredibly fun movie yeah. to a little darker fare. Oh, dear. It's a little 1987 ditty we call Prison. <gasps> Rennie Harlan. Rennie Harlan. Kane Hodder. Kane Hodder. Aragorn. What? <laughs> and a little fella named Vigo Mortensen. Yeah, that's Aragorn. No. You know what's funny? <laughs> I thought you said Eric Horn. <laughs> <laughs> Eric Horn is also in the movie in a supporting role. <laughs> He's one of the prisoners. It's a small role, but he really sells it. But actually, they use you really the law believe real... he's been there for a long time. They use the law of real prisoners playing prisoners in the movie. There's a good chance there's a guy named Eric Horn in Listen, there. I don't. Until you tell me there's not a guy named Eric Horn in the prison, I'm going to assume there is. But also Vigo Mortensen. With kind of a, like a with us with like kind of a pompadour, right? Yeah, um, Rennie Harlan even said himself he wanted kind of a James Dean mysterious vibe, and you can definitely see that he's like uh, just on the side of being a little bit rockabilly, which I kind of think sells the movie all on its own. I feel like I'm just on this side of being a little bit rockabilly too, but. What's that? So, uh, yeah, prison is great. Um, there's a creepy old prison, and due to budgetary reasons, um, they reopen it, even though it's been condemned, and for good reason. Um, and they cart everyone in, including uh, Vigo and Eric. <laughs> and they soon find out it's a supremely fucked up prison uh, beyond you know, the plumbing and everything else. It's, uh, if you really want to sell the appeal of actual physical effects over CGI to someone, prison is like about as raw, chunky and nasty as it gets. <laughs> totally. Um, I love the use of the word chunky there. That is an excellent adjective to describe the effects. <laughs> I mean, yeah, the the scene that involves piping going through a gentleman being dumped from the ceiling. Um, And there's one that involves burning and heat and melting and like a metal solitary cell. That's what like just one of the most arduous things I think I've ever seen on screen. It actually stresses me out. (laughs) And it's it's really funny. I was listening to the commentary with Rennie Harlan, and after one of those scenes, he he was quiet and he said, "I didn't remember it was that gross." <laughs> <laughs> and you can sort of draw like a direct line between this and Nightmare on Elm Street Four, which was like his next oh. big American movie. A year later, maybe was that like eighty uh, seven? Yeah, this one did well, and he kind of used that. Yeah. To- Elm Street role. But you can kind and, of see in the way that like he designs the, the the kill sequences or the use of practical effects, like 
it, there's almost a direct line between this and Nightmare 4. Yeah, and a lot of uh, the lighting choices, camera angles, it, it has like a weird nightmarish dreamlike quality to it. Yeah. So uh, even though he wasn't super experienced, uh, I can see why they tapped him. And there's also a di- very direct line to Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3 with Vigo and Tom Everett. They're both in this. Oh, look at that. And I have never seen anything saying this, but I like to think that Vigo uh, brought Tom Everett onto Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> and Ivan Kane is in this too, um, who I think his biggest role besides this was Platoon. But he's not, he's not a big actor, but he became a big nightclub owner and he owned a cool burlesque club here in Las Vegas called 40 Deuce. So from it's just a little Vegas thing that Ivan Kane is on it. You know a great deal about uh, Ivan Kane. <laughs> well, when Project Greenlight Three, the one with Feast, was airing, yeah. they had a reality show about them building Forty Deuce here in Las Vegas immediately after. And I was taping all the Project Greenlight episodes, and it would automatically record that one. So I actually know That's way so more funny. about yeah, Ivan Kane. That is so funny. <laughs> but you just saw it by accident because you were trying to watch John Gulliger get fucked over <laughs> by Miramax. Yeah, well, it, it was like about burlesque dancers and stuff. It was interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, boy, you picked the wrong person the first time. <laughs> uh, hard disagree. Hard disagree. Prison is really fun. Uh, it's another one that Scream Factory put out on Blu-ray, and it's a really fun disc and a really, really fun movie. I think that's, again, one of those that you can kind of show people divorced what? from uh, being part of you know, Empire Pictures and just sell it as like, this is a really fun, really cool horror movie that for my... Fun. What's that? I don't think it's fun. Though. How is it not fun? I think it's genuinely scary. It's mm. genuinely disturbing. It's in this dank, gross prison filled with actual prisoners. So it feels weirdly authentic, even though these like otherworldly things are happening. Like if you're a horror movie fan, yeah, like you'll enjoy the hell out of it. It's wonderful. But I, I literally part of the reason I chose this one was like, oh, I'm picking stuff like dolls. I got. Go gritty with prison. <laughs> Show everyone Where that I'm hard. You are. <laughs> oh yeah, it's fun little romp. I well because again, uh, I am I am a horror fan as you are, and I think any movie that has like effects that are this inventive and sort of this well realized, I think is going to be fun for a horror movie fan. You know, it's just it's fun to watch them pull off these gags. So I don't mean that like. Everyone's having a great time in the movie, and it's a it's a really happy, funny, silly little movie. But it's fun to watch as a horror movie fan. How's yeah. that? Yeah, is that better? Well, it's also like think- super gritty and dark. Thank you. <laughs> no, but for real, if you're introducing one of your friends to horror movies, show them Prison because it'll probably get them pretty good. <laughs> for my money, this is like the better electric killer electric chair killer uh i would take this over shocker and i know that's heresy for some uh i love wes craven i understand what people love about shocker but for me prison has the better electric chair killer oh wow we could also show shocker i think i agree we could also throw uh 
the horror show. Horror show. Right? Yep. I was just about to bring that up. Although, for whatever reason, um, the other two, I always remember the bad guys' names really well, like Horace Pinker. And... Um, that's an excellent it's me, pick. Me, Cleaver Mac. <laughs> I'm testing and you failed. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's fine. I only know it as House 3, so... I get it. Okay, so my next pick... Uh, I I know I've already invoked his name a few times, but our mutual friend, Brian Sauer, uh, brought this up on a recent episode of his podcast, Pure Cinema, and I was, like, so excited to hear him bring it up, but also... Like, I felt like someone had stolen my thunder because I was just positive nobody else was talking about this movie. And I've been trying to write about it over the last few years on the site here and there when I could. Uh, it's a, an action movie, a siege movie from 1987 called Enemy Territory. Ah. It's really hard to see. Um, it, it never made it to DVD. It's never made it to Blu-ray. But it is essentially uh, about this insurance salesman who goes into a building in like a bad part of town and gets trapped there by a, a street gang. I want to say they're called the vampires and they're led by Tony Todd. And the only guy who can help him get out is Ray Parker jr. In what I believe is his only acting role. Uh, <laughs> I know he ain't afraid of no ghost, uh, but he also ain't afraid of no Tony Todd. So, and there's this great bit where the, the insurance salesman has all this money on him from a, a, a claim. And as he's going through the building, he sort of has to keep giving away the money to the different tenants who, you know, either for information or to let him stay. It's like this great little device as he travels through the building. His stack of cash keeps getting smaller because he has to keep parting with it. Um, yeah, it's just it's a you know, it's directed by Peter Manugian, who is an Empire slash full moon staple. I mean, he his name shows up everywhere. Uh, he's like a Courtney Joyner type where, you know, their names just keep popping up in all of these movies. Um, and it's really well directed again. It's short. It's really fun. I wish it was more widely available because I think people would discover it and really dig it. And I, I don't know what the holdup is. I don't know if it's a rights thing or if Ray Parker Jr. is holding things up. Stacy Dash shows up, I believe, in a very early role. She's on Fox News now, so it's probably her. It might be. <laughs> it, could, <laughs> it could very well be. But yeah, it's a really cool movie. Yeah, it sounds amazing. And is it uh, was Attack the Block a remake of it? Uh, I believe they just changed Tony Todd into uh, like a furry alien. That's what I thought. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you, so far you've named all ones I haven't seen. Well, this is good. This is exciting. It is. I was like, maybe I should just kind of go on my way to see if I can see them all so I don't sound like a, an idiot by the time. But, you know, things run away from you and here I am uh, sounding like an idiot. Not at all. Um, Jan Michael Vincent shows up as like one of the tenants. Oh, and come on! He, I mean, he has like one scene. He's like a tenant and you can tell that this is he's in the throes of his alcoholism at this point. Uh -huh. Like, yeah, you can just tell that he was... Maybe drunk that day on set. Um, but still, you know, it's fun for, to watch them knock on a door and Jan Michael Vincent opens it. It's something <laughs> I keep be... hoping happens in my life, and it never has. I've knocked on a lot of doors hoping 
the Jan Just Michael Vance <laughs> would be behind oh, it. One day. Never happened. Never. So this is one that isn't streaming. The uh, enemy territory? Right. Yeah, no, it's not. Okay. I want to say when I watched it last, I might have watched it on YouTube, which again, I don't <gasps> typically endorse, but there's no other way to see this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was how I watched it. And it might still be up there. I don't know. This was years ago. Okay. I might move this one up first because what it when you endorse something, they remove it from the internet, apparently. <laughs> so I'm going to jump on that one. All right, good. Um, what is next for you? Um, it depends. All right, on what? I have a quick, I have a quick aside. I have a question. Okay. I know you'll be fair. All right. What if I said there's a movie that was not produced by Empire, but was distributed mm. by Empire? Interesting. I uh, are you looking for for my ruling here? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. I will allow it. Really? Yeah, why not? Wow. <laughs> it's got the Empire logo at like the front that. of it, right? Sure. <laughs> if they distributed it, I <laughs> I think it would, but I don't know for sure. All right, everybody. Well, if you're outraged by this, remember to blame Patrick. <laughs> I just got away with murder with 1989's Intruder. Oh, wow. Okay. Um yeah. Are you changing your mind? No, no, no. I, I, yeah, I, I think that would be fine. That's another one that I think they held on to the rights because that you can watch on full moon streaming. Yeah, yeah. Or I could just talk about ghoulies, but if I think it, everyone talks about ghoulies all day, every yeah, day. Totally up to you. Charles Band has a really great story about the toilet ghoulie. If you've ever seen him speak live, chances are you have heard it because I think he just goes around and tells that story. Uh, but it's very entertaining. Um, so, all right, go. Let's go with Intruder. So, if you get him to do the toast at your wedding, you'll hear the toilet story. I should be so lucky. <laughs> Something to ask him about, folks. Yeah, listen, he will tell it uh, at the drop of a hat. So, Intruder was kind of a legendary film for me for a long time. One of the first movie horror movies, horror movie series I ever really got into uh, was the Evil Dead series. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I had a book about it that I almost memorized, and they would talk about Intruder. And I, I was always dying to see this movie um, that had Scott Spiegel, he directed it, he wrote it, um, it had the Raimi boys in it, um, it it just sounded like uh, Bruce Campbell has a part in it, it's just like this great slasher uh, cousin of the Evil Dead series, <laughs> um, and finally I think uh, Synapse has it on Blu-ray, right? I believe that is correct, yeah. Yeah, it, it's great, um, so I finally saw it, and it's Amazing. <laughs> so a supermarket closes for the day um, and we just meet like the plucky characters are about older teenagers in their early 20s and they have their little dramas here and there and we see their personalities. But whatever. They have bad news and it turns out it's getting sold. The place is going to close up. They're all going to lose their jobs. Um, but. It gets even worse, and there's a killer 
in the grocery store. And uh, it does play out uh, kind of like your standard slasher, but there's this uh, goofiness. There's a slapstick to it, especially with the Raimi boys. <laughs> Ted and Sam. <laughs> I kind of have crushes on them. So. On Ted, too? Oh, Ted! No, Ted's the big one. Oh, really? Ted oh, more than I Sam? Oh, love Ted Raimi. Oh my god! Dang! All right, all right. Yeah. Um, and it it just goes full out. I mean, it goes full out with the gore. Um, for it's, if, yeah, it's super if they gore. feel like they can get goofy with the dialogue, they get goofy with the dialogue. It's this one prison. Don't listen to him. Prison isn't fun. <laughs> Working at the supermarket is fun. <laughs> and it has Renee Estevez of the esteemed family. That's right. Also from the Sleepaway Camp series. Yeah. And uh, Heathers. Yeah. Like uh, 80s uh, Luminary. That's right. And I've, I've since uh, finally hunting this white whale down, I've, I've seen uh, probably four times within a year. Something about this movie makes me so happy. I almost like not if I had any talent whatsoever and I decided to make a slasher movie, Mm -hmm. I feel like it would be really akin to Intruder. Okay. It it just it feels so fun. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's definitely fun. And again, it has that. um, Not I don't want to compare it to a home movie, but it has that because, again, that group of people have that real like let's put on a show mentality. It's there in Evil Dead. It's there in Evil Dead, too. And I feel like it's definitely present in Intruder as well. Yeah, but uh, just in case anyone hasn't seen this, it looks great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's why I said I didn't want to compare it to a home movie because I think that makes it sound amateurish. Um, That's not. That's I. That's a bad comparison. Let's put on a show. Let me stick with that. All right. <laughs> it is really fun. Um, what could you pair that Thanks with? For letting me choose it. Could you with the mist? Would that make a good one? Uh, locationally, yeah. Yes. I'm just going with like how it there... makes me feel at the end. <laughs> certainly not. Well, you'd want to put Intruder second, I think. Yeah. You don't don't want to end your double feature on The Mist. I just was trying to think of, are there other (laughs) horror movies set in a grocery store? And The Mist was the only one that came to mind. Yeah. I'm not going to make anyone sit here and listen to me try to think that up. Uh, I know we've had killers like walking past the windows of a grocery store. Who's that? Yeah. At the end of the aisle? Those Cheerios look mysterious. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's a good pick. I like it. Um, and you made me want to uh, revisit Intruder. So perhaps I will do that tonight while you are trying to figure out what's wrong with your Amazon Prime. <laughs> <laughs> um, my next pick is an anthology that Empire put out in 1984, a little movie called The Dungeon Master. Ah, uh, I've seen this one. All right, good. <laughs> A.K.A. Digital Knights, K-N-I-G-H-T-S, a.k.a. Rage War, The Challenges of Excalibrate. And why they didn't go with that title, I will never understand. I I do know I kept, I wanted you to continue saying a.k.a. (laughs) a.k.a. Rage War, The Challenges of Excalibrate. And in case you're wondering what Excalibrate is, (laughs) 
It is a special computer that has been designed by the main character, who's a computer programmer, um, whose girlfriend is zapped into an alternate dimension by an evil sorcerer played by Richard Mull, who kind of had the market cornered on like evil sorcerer characters in the 1980s. He shows up in The Sword and the Sorcerer. He shows up in, I want to say he's in Metal Storm, another Empire movie. Um, he's Big Ben in House. I mean, he shows up as a lot of bad guys in the 80s. Um, so he's the evil sorcerer in The Dungeon Master. And he, uh, the computer programmer is put through a series of trials. So each trial is a different segment in the film. And the whole time he has like a portable version of Excalibrate on his wrist and it gives him all kinds of special powers and abilities. Uh, and again, this is sort of a, it's like an empire pictures party because it involves so many of the people who would work with the studio over the years. Dave Allen actually is a stop motion guy who did like the effects in puppet master and directed puppet master two, And actually does his first directing on one of the segments here. John Carl Beekler, uh, directs a segment. Peter Manugian shows up again. Ted Nicolau directs a segment. So um, kind of everybody, Charles Band, I believe, directs a segment. So like everybody that you associate with Empire Pictures is somehow involved in the Dungeon Master. Uh, at one point, they end up at a concert for the band Wasp. Like, I don't know how else I need to sell this to you people, but I really hope that everyone will check out the Dungeon Master, a.k.a. Rage War, The Challenges of Excalibur. I kind of feel like just adopt that is the official title. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you mentioned Buchler. This was his first uh, directing segment, yeah. and he did so well on this that he got tapped to do a uh, troll and yeah. cellar dweller. And of course, he's a legendary special effects guy who worked not only a lot with Full Moon and Empire, but he ended up directing a Friday the 13th guys and just the so much amazing work, but this was the star of his directing career. Yeah. Troll, better movie than Ghoulies or worse movie? I love Troll. Okay. But Ghoulies 100% delivers what it advertises, and Troll, ooh, I'm not sure. <laughs> it has Sonny Bono. Yeah. Oh, oh but I love ghoulies. Uh, ghoulies. Oh, no. Every time I watch Ghoulies. Can I come back? Can we debate this? We can. We, like, each pick a movie? I might go troll just because every time I watch Ghoulies, I'm like, wait, why is there so much about, like, devil worship in this movie? Where are yeah. the ghoulies? And then they show. That's why I think Ghoulies <laughs> 2 is the better movie because that's wall to wall ghoulies. No, I, I think the Ghoulies sequels are better than the original. And yeah. how often does that happen? Like, I am a Ghoulies 3 girl all the way. Is that Ghoulies Go to College? That's cool. He's going to college. <laughs> wow. But I, I do love two. That's the one at the fun house. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's a good one. Um, so, yeah, uh, The Dungeon Master was an, another one of those movies that was unavailable for a long time. Thank goodness, like, Shout Factory somehow got the keys to the Empire Vaults because they really are the ones who have been putting all of these movies out over the last few years, first on DVD and now on Blu-ray. Uh, the Dungeon Master was supposed to be sequelized as part of another anthology called Pulse Pounders, which was going to have three different segments. AKA. Um, <laughs> oh, okay. Well, and one of the segments in Pulse Pounders was going to be Trancers 1.5, which like bridges Trancers 1 and 2. And I actually was at 
flashback weekend one year and before they screened a movie, I can't remember what movie it was, maybe Night of the Living Dead. I don't know. They did a theatrical screening of Trancers 1.5. It's just like this 30 minute segment of Tim Thomerson and the little girl version of McNulty, like in an apartment, like almost nothing happens. Um, is it like coffee and cigarettes, but expensive? basically, yeah, basically, uh, I need that. Right. Yeah. It's like, uh, what was the tape? Was that the Ethan Hawke movie? Yeah. <laughs> or before sunrise? Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, and I want to say, hold on. I'm looking it up before I speak out of turn. Yeah. Okay. One of the other segments was supposed to be. Uh, the Evil Clergyman, which is a 30-minute segment with Jeffrey Combs and Barbara Crampton and David Warner. Wow. Playing like a weird little rat monster. <laughs> yeah, it's another Lovecraft thing, I think. Um, and it's really good. It's really good. Like, it's really kind of adult um, in a way. David that- Warner is a rat monster? And yet... <laughs> You wouldn't think that that would be adult. By the way, the rat the rat monster shows up again. Speaking of uh, the Masters of Horror, Stuart Gordon's episode, Dreams in the Witch House, also has rat with human face in it. And I was like, that's the thing from uh, Evil Clergyman. Um, it's it's got this weird relationship between Barbara Crampton and Jeffrey Combs. He was the, this priest that she had had an affair with and... Uh, he committed suicide and she's like come back to the room where they used to do it. And it's, it's, it's kind of about like this sexual obsession. It's really interesting. Again, it's only 30 minutes long. You can watch it on full moon streaming. If you're curious, I'm color me curious. <laughs> you had me a David Warner rat with human face. <laughs> Uh, and I am glad that you're the one who started talking about Stuart Gordon, HP Lovecraft. Uh mm. Yeah, look at me look at me um anyway I, I got off i got off track talking about pulse pounders but really what i'm trying to recommend here people is the dungeon master aka rage war <laughs> the challenges of excalibrate uh his girlfriend is jealous of excalibrate that's all you need to know also excalibrate is um spelled really weird x dash c a l i b r Number eight, Excalibrate. <laughs> it's such a fun movie. I it's so entertaining. I almost feel like there's a 1980s computer sitting in a vault somewhere that just turned on yeah. after you said that out loud. For sure, because I said it three times. Probably the Empire Vault you mentioned, which is probably in the basement of a Romanian castle. <laughs> it is for sure in the basement. Of I a feel Romanian like castle. I just wrote a new script for Full Moon. Uh, listen, they can probably shoot it in a weekend. If you have five hundred dollars, <laughs> I'm already in Las Vegas. Yeah, Come on, yeah, make it yeah. Happen. The site of uh, Evil Bong Six Six Six. Did I tell you? I don't know if. Well, I, I'll tell you about this offline. Never mind. <laughs> Ooh, okay. One of the one of the stars of the Evil Bong series has sort of made it so that I can never watch one of these movies again. But I'll tell you offline. Wow. Yeah. How's that, people? Do you feel teased? All right. What is your would this be your fifth pick? Is this your last pick? Uh, yeah, yeah. All right, yeah. let's have it. Terrorization. Nice. I had to. Yeah. I'm the obvious one. No, no, no. I, you know, again, when we said we were going to make these lists, I pretty quickly said, I suspect Stephanie's going to take Terrorvision. I'm going to keep my hands off. 
He implied I was basic. No. And I no. didn't want to fight him no. on it. I'm just happy to be part of the show, guys. <laughs> hey. Terrorvision, by the way, another one of those movies, forever unavailable. And then Shout Factory rescued it. Thank you, Shout Factory. Yes, Flash not even. Factory. Never even released on DVD. Like, And I used to watch it because I used to rent it all the time on VHS and watch it on cable. And then there were years where you couldn't see it. And then uh, thanks to the blu-ray double feature with video dead finally terror vision was available again yeah that i i'd never heard of the video dead though i've seen the cover many times and that that's they're not really thematically i mean the video yeah yeah right something coming out of the tv i guess (laughs) but anyway again patrick thinks prison is fun (laughs) terror vision is fun Okay. Weirdly enough, we were talking about this the other day. I have a harder time with Terror Vision. Which I don't get. We have Diane Franklin. We have yeah. Garrett Graham from yeah. one of your favorite movies. Yeah. Chud All two of my the Chud. Okay. Uh, we have Mary Warnoff. Yeah. Um, Chad John- Allen. Yeah, who's great? Teen heartthrob Chad kid. Allen, yeah, and then you were he, about to say not the an most... annoying child actor. No, uh, the the most important character you were just about to say. I'm sorry, John Green. Yes, <laughs> as a punk rocker, as OD, <laughs> which he kind of acts like uh, like a California metalhead, but kind of dresses like an S and M punk. <laughs> Whatever, it all works. And Diane Franklin, like everyone's 1980s crush. Um, right? Yeah, 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 for the most part. Again, if you've seen Last American Version, you're like, ah, she's trouble. Well, if you've seen Bill and Ted, then two thumbs up. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but, um, oh, and it's directed and uh, written by Ted Nikolai. Yeah. Who uh, I think is our favorite, possibly. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Though this one is definitely a lot closer to bad channels than subspecies. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't even know if I want to get into the plot. It just involves satellites, mm-hmm. jacuzzis, swinging, melting aliens horror host with big boobs but not the one you're thinking of <laughs> um like fallout shelters parent it has everything oh junk food music and laughter. one of one oh? of one of the sort of grossest uh aliens he's just real like belchy and slimy he's and so cute one eye and all right he's so cute <laughs> I get what you're saying. I do. Oh, he's adorable. He's cute. Um, and it has kind of a nihilistic ending that's still somehow goofy. Terrorvision is amazing. And this isn't um, our days of the week show. But <laughs> this might be the perfect Saturday night movie. Ooh, that's a good call. Like 11 p.m. Yeah, it can't be the first Saturday night movie. You're still on your sugar buzz. Yeah. Like you're still kind of nibbling on your Twizzlers. Yeah. Not red vines, Twizzlers. Terror vision. It's perfect. It's a lot of fun. And like I said, for some reason, I, I, I struggle with the ending. I think part of it is just childhood trauma. And part of it is the movie makes me like these characters a lot more than prison. So I have a harder time maybe sometimes dealing with uh, 
what happens to them. Okay. But I, yeah, that's fair. I don't disagree that the movie is really, really fun. And as a kid, I, I loved it. And I didn't totally understand a lot of like the swinging stuff, you know, I was like, <laughs> huh, okay, they're all in a hot tub together. I don't get it, but okay. Um, I just liked, you know, the big monster and stuff coming out of the TV and uh, yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, but yeah, it works better for me now as an adult. Well, wow. I feel like you have, um, knocked this out of the park and I kind of dropped the ball here. I I have a fake empire. I have a traumatic empire. (laughs) Your list is rock solid. I have, baby's first empire <laughs> <laughs> no your list is rock solid i don't think anybody could argue with anything on that list well um, hopefully we're just covering all the bases for you yeah that's that's there. that's the goal so my last pick is i think my the one i'm the sort of the most lukewarm on and uh the one that i'm not going to sell the hardest because mm. Strong finish. Well, yeah, exactly. That's why I kind of why I put it last. Because it falls into this category. It's the same category as Ghost Town. It's the same category as Eliminators. Have you seen Eliminators? Mm-mm. Okay, so Eliminators is like, should be the best movie ever. Like, ever. It involves uh, a ninja, uh, a Han Solo ripoff, Denise Crosby as a scientist, and a cyborg like going on a wow. mission together and you you read that on paper and you're like, well, this literally sounds like the best movie I've ever seen. And it just has that same problem as some of these other empire movies where it, it, it's, it's so great in theory. And then in practice, it's like not enough of the thing you want it to be. Um, so that came close. Seller Deller, dweller came close. Cause I think that movie's really fun. Um, but the movie I am putting on my list is a movie called Ghost Warrior, a.k.a., ready for it, Sword Kill. Why are the a.k.a. so much better? How they didn't call this movie Sword Kill, I will never understand. (laughs) Because uh, there's a a trailer compilation that uh, Umbrella just put out. It's one of those drive-in delirium trailer compilations, and they have the trailer for this under the original Sword Kill title, and it's like, oh. it's so much better. <laughs> like, that's the greatest title for a movie literally ever. Um, Sword Kill involves a, a samurai who is frozen in ice uh, b- during battle, and then awakened hundreds of years later in present day America um, where he befriends a kindly woman uh, and is, I guess, misunderstood by people around him. It's, it's sort of like that Timothy Hutton movie, Iceman, except with a, with a samurai. Um, It's a, it came out in 1984 there's nobody really recognizable in it. Um, and again, it's one of these movies where like, it's not quite enough of the thing you want it to be. Cause when it gets to the really good stuff, it's so much fun. And the samurai like gets harassed by some street punks and he will just randomly like lop one of their hands off. And it's super gory. And you're like, where did this come from? Uh, <laughs> 
there's a good gag where he's in a sushi restaurant and there's a couple like, is that who we think it is? <gasps> Toshiro Mifune. And I was like, well, this is the only Empire movie that ever referenced Toshiro Mifune. <laughs> so I have to give it credit for that. Um, again, great concept. Enough great stuff that I'm going to recommend it sort of as a as an underrated. Maybe that's more what my list is, is kind of like, oh, these are sort of underrated Empire movies that I want to bring attention to. Um and once again, available on Blu-ray from Scream Factory uh, as as part of a double feature with, I want to say, The House Where Evil Dwelled, which I have not seen. All right. Well, you sold <laughs> me. And I, I typed it in to look at it real quick while you're talking about it. And one of the first things that comes up is a 1986 review from the Los Angeles Times. And the headline of their review is, Ghost Wire... Ghost Warrior melts into poor man's Iceman. Oh, well, there you go. See, and I disagree that this is a poor man's Iceman because if you put these two movies in front of me, there is no question which one I'm going to put on. I haven't even seen it, but from your description, damn right. Right? Like, what would you rather find frozen in ice? A boring caveman or a samurai? Unless it's Phil Hartman, definitely the samurai. Good point. Like, yeah. Your Honor. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just a simple. (laughs) I'm just a caveman. I don't understand. Key Rock, was that his name? (laughs) (laughs) One of the best sketches ever. Um, I wish, like, the sword kill was also the name of his finishing move. Like, ooh, look, he's going to do the sword kill. And then he does. Uh, they, oh, does the sword, like, when he runs it through someone, does it ever, like, turn into ice inside them? No. No, he's just a regular. He doesn't have, like, special powers, like ice powers. He's just a re- – he's like Encino Man. He's just a regular samurai a regular who gets unfrozen. Everyday thought-out samurai. Ghost Warrior is a totally misleading <laughs> title. He's not a ghost. Uh, sword Kill, so much more accurate. Oh, man, your closing choice has been an emotional roller coaster. <laughs> I can see why he chose it now. <laughs> I just Fighting. needed I needed to work through it, and uh, I felt like I needed you here space for it. to do it. I honestly don't know where else in life we could work through this very specific <laughs> issue. So, luckily, uh, a lot of other people get to hear us work through it, so that's kind of nice. Um, do you have any like honorable mentions that you want to bring up? Any movies that you thought might make your list but didn't? Uh, I mentioned Ghoulies. Yeah, yeah, uh, no, like, frankly, I was really looking forward to this episode. Now I'm just humiliated. Why? Your list was oh, so we've good. <laughs> well, thank you. Um, I guess I would recommend people. Uh, mine are like the easy entries, the kind of guaranteed crowd pleasers. And once you're ready to be super cool like Patrick, <laughs> you can move on to his list. Again. I wanted to represent <laughs> uh, more movies rather than fewer because if I just went with like, here are the five best, I, I don't know that I would have put Intruder, Intruder, uh, which isn't to say that it's not good, but just um, I, I think you have a closer relationship to it than I do. But otherwise, I think our list would have been incredibly similar. So I was trying to choose some other stuff so we could talk about 10 movies instead of five. Now, in this book that I have, which is called Empire of the Bees, The Mad Movie World of Charles Band by Dave J., uh, which is a really fun book if you're a fan of Empire. 
There were some inclusions that we were debating before we started recording, one of which is uh, Rawhead Rex, which, if that's an Empire movie, does that change your list at all? No. Okay. Me either. Um, oh, there's one other movie that almost made my list, and that is Crawl Space. The yeah. Klaus, Klaus Kinski movie <laughs> directed by David Schmoller, who, of course, would go on to make Puppet Master. But yeah, Crawl Space is really sleazy and uh very enjoyable um so the other movie that we were debating that neither of us feel was an empire movie and can find no evidence to corroborate that it is an empire movie is a, a movie from 1986 called psychos in love which you actually turned me on to it's a available on blu-ray from vinegar syndrome and you kind of sold me on it so i checked it out and really fell for it as well yeah, I mean, we are, I guess, amateur researchers when it comes to this. But, you know, you're a teacher. My mom's a librarian. You know, we're not we're not babies. But we haven't found anything. No, we can find no evidence that Psychos in Love is an Empire movie. So um, I guess if you have hard proof, if you are Charles Band or someone Come associated with uh, Psychos in Love, please <laughs> let us know in the comments or tweet us at FThisMovie. And let us know, no. because please, please do. We we're not full of ourselves here. He sounds full of himself, but I would genuinely be interested. I do. I do sound about full of how myself, it is. We would I like apologize. to hear that part of film yeah. history. So what? Let's say Psychos in Love. Tomorrow we find out Charles Band tweets at us like, "You fools! Psychos in Love is an Empire <laughs> movie." Also, hold still. I have to tell you the Ghoulies toilet story. Um, if it's confirmed <laughs> that Psychos in Love is indeed an Empire movie, does that bump a movie off your list? Mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. which one gets bumped? I was afraid you were going to ask uh-huh. that. Listen, I ask the hard questions. I don't know if you've ever heard this podcast. <gasps> oh, I think it would knock Rawhead Rex off my list, <laughs> which Rex I went into in depth. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Um, Intruder, as much as I love it, I do feel a little bit like a fraud for sneaking that on. Um, so, yeah. It would take so you would fun. replace the one that you feel like maybe isn't an Empire movie with the one that you're pretty sure isn't an Empire movie. That I was schooled on being an Empire <laughs> That's movie. That's right. I Absolutely. forgot Charles Band educated us. He showed us oh. the the still photos when he shot it at his castle in <laughs> Romania. <laughs> if it was complete, if, if it turns out that super New Jersey movie was shot in, like the, in Romania... Wow. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah. That, that movie reminded me a lot of like a Paul Bartel movie. Yes. Yeah. No. Uh, Eating Raul. Like I yeah. got that so much. Yeah. Yeah. I just was watching uh, uh, Turner Classic Movies did a, a, a double feature oh. of Paul Bart. Well, listen, <laughs> they did. You know, the only time I really ever tune into Turner Classic Movies, I'm going to sound like such a heathen. But uh, sometimes I will watch, you know, actual classic movies. But sometimes on Friday nights or Saturday nights, they do. I don't remember the name of the series, but it's like, you know, they show their midnight uh, movies. TCM Underground. TCM Underground. Thank you. Uh, look who's uh, hoity-toity now. Oh, I'm super hoity-toity. <laughs> You're both hoity and toity. So they did a double feature of Paul Bart- Paul Bartel movies. Um, I have not yet watched scenes from The Class Struggle in Beverly Hills, but I did just watch for the first time Private Parts and came to the conclusion that like Paul Bartel might be one of my favorite directors. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. 
No, if, if you like someone with a very distinctive style, <laughs> yes. You know, have you seen Necropolis? No, I have not. It's it's not him. I'm no, I know. Longly <laughs> going back to Empire. Great cover art once again, but I have not seen the movie. No, the title, the cover. Um, it it wasn't even for the show. I was just scanning through, and I happened to see it. Um, a 1970 Italian-British horror fantasy film. And it kind of almost sounded like it'd be a little bit like Liquid Sky. And I I never want to tell someone to not watch a movie unless it's really terrible. Mm-hmm. But I, I have never... <laughs> it's one of the biggest disconnects from looking so intriguing and beautiful to being uh, like a... a car accident centralized <laughs> inside my skull so i kind of want to recommend that just so i can get more opinions on it because that's what <laughs> even with you i i was expecting that you'd seen it. a lot of even hardcore fans uh it's streaming right now it should be are you it necropolis should. shaming me right now no, like this is making me feel a little better that I finally got you on something. It's not streaming on Prime, but if you have Full Moon streaming. It was when I saw it. So well, because you had the... Oh, the... I was using Full Moon streaming. See? Um, this guy knows his... This is why he does the column. <laughs> I haven't written that column in years. Um, so, Oh, or the streaming column you're talking about, not the Full Moon <laughs> column. Okay. Well, I used to do a Full Moon column, but I haven't written it in years. Bring it back. That's right. Um... Yeah, so I know it's on full moon streaming because I've thought about watching it a bunch of times and haven't. Okay, yeah. <laughs> it's part of that, like, there's that run of movies that are only available in really terrible quality, like... Mut- oh, yeah, this this looks like it has been through it. Yeah, uh, Mutant Hunt is one, and Laser Blast is one, although I think Laser Blast either just got or is getting a Blu-ray release. Yeah, it came out fairly recently. Okay, all right. Um. So I've, I haven't seen any of those movies. That's sort of a, a blind spot for me. Cool. I'm glad I could not actually recommend it, but want you to see if right. you also You're telling me both it. to avoid it and to see it. So real, As, real mixed messages I do podcasts here. so I don't suffer alone. <laughs> there it is. Speaking of all the podcasts you do, maybe uh, no. you can remind all of our listeners who are delighted to hear you on the show. They will not want to listen to me anymore. <laughs> Where else they can hear your, your voice? I co-host the Screencast with uh, some wonderful people who actually know what they're talking about. Um, I Is that a dig that- at me? No, it's a dig at me. Oh, all right. I wasn't sure if you were like, well, I do the show with these other people <laughs> who actually know what they're talking about and have seen Necropolis. No, my mom listens to my podcast, and then she messages me about them. Is this a true and story? You're, oh, yeah. And oh you're God. her favorite, and she always refers to you as Patrick Bromley. It's never Patrick. Oh, my gosh. And she's like, I just love that show you do with Patrick Bromley. Can your mom <laughs> hang out with me? Because guess what? I don't think my mom listens to this show. So, And I've done like <laughs> f- almost 450 of these, and I don't think she's listening. So, uh, hi, Mrs. Crawford. Well, my mom is... <laughs> I'm sorry I haven't seen Necropolis. <laughs> I promise to rectify it soon. Um, so screencast, um, yeah. yeah. I just pop up randomly on my friend's podcast. Sometimes I'm on Brian Sowers, Just the Disc. Mm-hmm. Quite often, yeah. actually. Uh, just mentioning that because you guys are 
my favorite celebrity couple, and I wanted to make you a little jealous. <laughs> well, listen, we're the two greatest champions of enemy territory on the internet. So perhaps if Scream Factory can ever get a, a Blu-ray put together, they will ask right, Brian theory. and myself to do the commentary for enemy territory. Oh, that'd be amazing. We should start a campaign. Let's do it. Listen, uh, I'm, I'm all for it. I'm actually going to do this. I'm, Everybody. <laughs> I'm excited. Join me. And when does your column at Dread Central appear? It's every first and third Tuesday of the month. Mm, um, give us your top three episodes of Tales from the Crypt so far. Oh, I was about to get really mad. Whoa, why? <laughs> oh, just like thinking of the entire series. Oh, not of all of them. No, just of the ones you've written about so far. Because okay. you're up to like Schwarzenegger. <laughs> I'm up to Schwarzenegger. <laughs> Uh, I will have to say uh, I really like uh, Cutting Cards, which okay. was directed by Walter Hill, yep. has Lance Henriksen. Um, Kevin and, Teig, is that his name? Teague? Whatever. Yeah. Roadhouse? Yes. Yep. America's Sweetheart. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, I would say Lover... Come Hack to Me is uh, one that I think even when I wrote about it, I put it down a little bit. But I've been thinking back about Amanda Plummer and not, I, I think it's one of my favorites so far. And let's say uh, Dig That Cat, He's mm. Real Gone, mm -hmm. starring Joey Pants. That's a, that's a great one. And uh, again, that was part of that original three episode debut that they would do you know they would show it as like a yeah, movie on a saturday yeah. night and i would record it on vhs <laughs> and literally just watch it over and over i've seen those first three tales from the crypt so many times uh and nobody else appreciates it when i say the governor's gonna call um so i didn't realize though honestly until reading your column because i have a weird relationship with lever come hack to me in that it kind of screwed me up as a kid because there's like sex in it and i was like what's why is she screaming um it kind of freaked me out and i didn't realize until i was reading your column that tom holland had directed it yeah no it's kind of ugly and if i didn't kind of revisit that in my heart um, it would be and all through the house which is also in the old school tales from the yeah. Crypt movie yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, that's a classic. Yeah, uh, Robert Zemeckis and Fred Decker. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Come yeah. on. Yeah, come, come on. on. Come on. <laughs> now, Killer Santas, that's a genre. I don't, that'd be like a five hour show. We could do it at Christmas if you want. Um, because really, trancers could be part of it. <gasps> oh, yeah. There is that scene Ooh. with the mall Santa. Whoa! Bringing it back. In. Bringing it back, and we could talk. <laughs> we could talk about Christmas Evil with the maybe the best last ninety seconds of any movie ever. I'd say maybe definitely. <laughs> um, here's the good news, Stephanie. Well, it's it's good news for the listeners. It might not be good news for you. Uh, you're going to be back in a few weeks, yes? Uh, unless there's the backlash I'm expecting on this show, yeah. <laughs> Uh, for Canuxploitation Day. Stephanie's going to be back and we're going to be talking about the two Canuxploitation classics, Screwballs and Screwballs 2, Loose Screws, which you have not yet seen, correct? 
Correct. And oh. please make sure to ask Patrick why he's not having an actual Canadian do the <laughs> show, because I'm trying to figure that out myself. I want us to examine it from the outside. Like I am a huge uh, fan of Canadians. Well, of so. course. Who is not a fan of Canadians? A, a monster would not be a fan of Canadians. I want us to study it from the outside <laughs> as though it was a samurai we just uncovered in ice after 400 <gasps> years. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to do the sword kill on the Screwballs movies. Damn, you're good. Thank you. <laughs> um, this was... Such a great Talk time. Talk about a rich man, Tyson. Man. <laughs> High five. This was a great time. Thank you very much for coming on the show and talking about these movies with me because it's really fun to talk about these movies and it's really fun to talk about these movies with you. Well, thank you for having me. <laughs> it was great. Happy June Sploitation, everyone. Uh, next week, I think, is Sci Fi Day. So uh, you'll come back in two weeks for more Stephanie Crawford action, uh, more shows for her mom to listen to. Um, and uh, happy June exploitation, everyone. We will talk to you next week. Happy June exploitation. Thanks for listening to FS Movie.